Welcome to this, the next edition of our daily devotions coming to you from Church of the Palms in Sarasota, Florida. We always invite you to share these with those that you know and love. And let's now take a few moments to reflect and to ponder and to prepare ourselves to uh, consider God's word. Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable to you, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Our scripture today comes from the Gospel of John, the first chapter, beginning at the 29th verse. Hear the word of God. The next day, John the Baptist saw Jesus coming toward him and declared, Here is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is he of whom I said, After me comes a man who ranks ahead of me because he was before me. I myself did not know him, but I came baptizing with water for this reason, that he might be revealed to Israel. And John testified, I saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove, and it remained on him. I myself did not know him, but the one who sent me to baptize with water said to me, He on whom you see the Spirit descend and remain is the one who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. And I myself have seen and have testified that this is the chosen one. The next day, John again was standing with two of his disciples, and as he watched Jesus walk by, he exclaimed, Look, here is the Lamb of God. The two disciples heard him say this, and they followed Jesus. When Jesus turned and saw them following, he said to them, What are you looking for? 
And they said to him, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? He said to them, come and see. They came and saw where he was staying, and they remained with him that day. It was about four o'clock in the afternoon. One of the two who heard John speak and followed him was Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. He first found his brother, Simon, and said to him, We have found the Messiah, which is translated anointed. He brought Simon to Jesus, who looked at him and said, You are Simon, son of John. You are to be called Cephas, which is translated Peter. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You never know what might happen when you invite someone to meet Jesus. So, as we read in our story today, John the Baptist meets Jesus. John the Baptist tells some friends. Some friends decide to see Jesus and meet him. One of the friends tells his brother, and the brother happens to be Simon the fisherman. And Simon meets Jesus and gets a new name, and they call him Peter. And Jesus says that Peter will be the rock upon which the church will be built. You never know what might happen when you invite someone to meet Jesus. In the midst of all the anxiety we seem to experience watching how the cultural and religious and political institutions seem to be breaking down, I got to thinking about the story of Charles Colson, the famous or infamous Watergate conspirator and aide to President Nixon. Colson was the architect of much of what was wrong and what went wrong in the Nixon White House. Many would say that he had much to do with the fall of the president, masterminding just about every dirty trick and illegal action as one could imagine, destroying pretty much any political enemy that would dare get in their way. He was called the hatchet man. And there he was on election night, 1972, invited by the president himself to come to the White House to watch the election returns. What greater place could one be in one version of the world? What greater place could one be than in the White House watching the election returns of a victorious president? And yet the only thing Colson could think of was how empty he felt inside. There we were, he said. There we were, winning, but the only thing I could think of was that we had really lost. The emptiness got worse and turned into despair, and at one point, Colson found himself sitting in his car, not able even to put the key into the ignition because he was crying too hysterically. A friend of his, Tom Phillips, chairman of the board of Raytheon Corporation, slipped into Chuck Colson's hand a copy of a book called Mere Christianity, written by that reluctant convert, C.S. Lewis. And Colson read it, and all of a sudden, he began to feel like the world was turning upside down. He was being awakened almost from a bad dream. And he begins to wonder about this resurrected Christ. And the world looks different. And he began to change and claim his faith. So all the papers began to say, well, maybe this conversion had just something to do with how he could probably get a lighter sentence showing that maybe he had had a religious awakening. 
But then one of his enemy, Harold Hughes, who was a liberal senator from Iowa, deeply convicted Christian himself, came to Colson's side and said, I'm going to walk with you. And he did. And he never stopped walking with him. Parenthetically, as a 14-year-old boy, I shook Harold Hughes' hand the day that Charles Colson was convicted. So it was in prison that Chuck Colson saw the conditions of prison life and the plight of prisoners, and it was there that he heard the call of Christ to begin a ministry to prisoners. And so that became his new life, ministry to prisoners. He began what is now the largest ministry to prisoners in the world, prison fellowship, and for the next 40 years, Chuck Colson spent most of his time in prison cells telling prisoners about the fact that he once was where they were, and that is where he found the resurrected Christ. No one found greater joy in a prison cell than Charles Colson. So, you never know what might happen when you invite someone to meet Jesus. That story goes all the way back, one could say even as far as to a conversation between the great writer of The Lord of the Rings, J.R.R. Tolkien, who had a conversation with his friend C.S. Lewis and encouraged Lewis to consider Jesus. C.S. Lewis in turn became a believer and C.S. Lewis writes a defense of the Christian faith entitled Mere Christianity and 25 years later that book gets passed to Tom Phillips. Tom Phillips reads the book, passes the book on to Charles Colson. Charles Colson reads it and all of a sudden now hundreds of thousands of prisoners across the world are being ministered to. You never know what might happen when you invite someone to meet Jesus. When James Baker was Secretary of State under George Bush, he developed a friendship with his Soviet counterpart, Edward Shervanazzi. Through the pain and grief of his first wife's death, James Baker had become a Christian. And when his friend Shervanazzi had come to the U.S. on a diplomatic mission, it dawned on Baker that while there may be diplomatic answers to the world's problems, there was really only one answer to the universal problem, and that was Jesus Christ. And so Baker invited Shevardnadze out to his ranch in Wyoming to go fishing. And while the two men were out on the lake fishing, Baker decided to embark upon the adventure of inviting Edward Shevardnadze to meet Jesus. And so on a little boat in the middle of a Wyoming lake, James Baker embarked upon that adventure and invited one of the most important men in the world to meet Jesus. Not long after that, Shevardnadze was back asking questions. Hmm. You never know what might happen when you invite someone to meet Jesus. The list is long of the people in my life who invited me to meet Jesus, meet him and then re-meet him and then re-meet him. People who had it kind of at the top of their list to nudge me a little closer to a conversation with Jesus. Certainly my parents, my brothers, and then it was my youth directors, and then it was my high school principal, and then it was my college chaplain, and then it was friends in seminary, and then it was, of course, my wife, and then it was a group of guys I hung with, then it was a pastoral mentor. The list goes on and on and on of all these people who cared enough to invite me into an encounter with Jesus. Well, for better or for worse, I am what I am, who I am, and where I am because people took the gamble of nudging me closer to Jesus. If you wonder if the world's ever going to get better, 
If you wonder if things are ever going to change from their present course, well, consider inviting someone in your life to meet Jesus. Because you never know what might happen when you invite someone to meet Jesus. Let us pray. Oh God, when we think of those who introduced us to Jesus, we thank you. We thank you that they felt that nudge to nudge us closer. So thank you, Jesus, for loving and accepting and calling us. And help us now to pay it forward for the sake of your son and for the sake of the world. Amen.